millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Arriving on Cultaholic Island ahead of NWA Sawin, the National Wrestling Alliance's most violent pay-per-view, uh, we are joined by a generational professional wrestling star, former NWA junior heavyweight champion, and no doubt more belts to bring as the years go on. We have Kerry Morton with us. Kerry, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the air today. It's, uh, it's been a busy day to say the least, but the champ... The future NWA world champion is on the chat, so uh, I'm good to go for a while. I like, behind the curtain, behind the curtain, we move the time back for our chat because you just come out, and this is how busy you are, because not only uh, are you doing uh, some amazing things on the independent circuit and as part of National Wrestling Alliance, but you're still learning, you're still in the education system, so you're, you're, you're working, you're balancing both. Uh, so well at the moment and we caught you just as you were finishing class I genuinely thought we'd have a, a, an interview whilst you were walking through the greenery near your faculty but uh, it's so you've had a busy day today by the looks of it busy day uh, on top of being uh, a college student here in the United States and being employed full-time by the National Wrestling Alliance on top of the independence as well I'm also a collegiate cheerleader a national champion in cheerleading um, so I had pre- I had workouts this morning regarding that with some of the cheerleaders, individual stunts, or toss hands, all kinds of cool things. Uh, senior year, so it's a blessing. Hopefully next year this time my schedule will wind down just a tad. But knowing me, I'll probably add more to my uh, plate. But yeah, it's busy morning to say the least, you know. Uh, when life hands you lemons, try to make some damn lemonade. But uh, unfortunately, I don't really care for lemonade so much, so... So be it. That's where I'm at. <laughs> so when life hands Kerry Morton a lemonade, he will throw the lemon at you. Throw that damn lemon. <laughs> we're not going to make it lemonade today, but we're going to take you metaphorically onto a desert island, Kerry Morton. Ooh. Whoa. And while we're there, can I ask you to choose three wrestling matches that you would watch while stranded there? These could be matches of some uh, of some very of some significance to you. They could be sentimental. They can be matches that maybe you've watched in your in your early years or your latter years so far as as your as far as your career goes. Uh, three matches that have special meaning. So we'll go we'll go one by one by one as our interview goes on. What would you like your first one to be, Kerry? So listen, as if you know me, uh, as wrestling fans may know me or follow me on social media or what so, they know that Kerry Morton is a wrestling historian. I absolutely cherish professional wrestling, especially Jim Crockett's NWA wrestling prior to the 1981, 82 range, all leading up to 86, uh, including to my father. So first and foremost. What? what your, your dad's a wrestler? My dad's a father. My dad's a father and a wrestler. And what? I had no idea, Kerry Morton, your dad was a wrestler. 
<laughs> so uh you know who was look, he ricky steamboat or not who was he t- <laughs> I, I think i think he was he's up there with ricky steamboat to say the I least your da- i think your dad's uh, i think your dad's brutus beefcake if i remember correctly. i'm actually on a show with brutus beefcake this saturday in winston north carolina oh. i know i'll get in this desert island but i gotta say something brutus we, we a- love a tangent go for it Brutus Beefcake is a big fan of Kerry Wharton. Uh, really, it's really cool. Um, Beers, Brutus know me when I was starting out my career in professional wrestling as a, a young baby face, as a young up and comer on the scene, uh, a green horn, you know, green as whatever can be. And uh, Brutus really took a liking to me and really liked that my personality is loud and open and I'm an open book, so to speak. And so he grabbed me aside and uh, he's, he's watched me adventure onto this hill phase, quote unquote, as what the fans may say of Kerry Wharton, just me being me. In all honesty, uh, but you know, Brutus really took a liking to me, and so he actually put in a word for me. I had a cancellation this past Saturday. I was supposed to be uh, way over in Tennessee. Unfortunately, the show venue got canceled. It was okay, and Brutus saw that on Twitter, or his wife saw it, or somehow, and reached out to promoter. And before I even went to say that I was canceled from the show day, I was already booked at another. So. I'm booked for the rest of the years right now, but uh, big thanks to Brutus real quick. Oh, friends in good places. What a guy. Good to hear. Good to hear. I like Brutus a lot. I'll see him here in Boca Raton Championship Wrestling in a couple of weeks as well. So we uh we we get drink we drink a lot together and we eat a lot of good steaks and we have a good time. So nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I will get to the matches though. <laughs> I, first and foremost, if I was stranded on a desert island or, or a deserted island, so to speak, and I have to pick one of the three matches going first. Ric Flair versus Harley Race, 1983, Still Cage. Tough one. Tough one to say the least. But as as a wrestling fan that truly, you know, and this is me not saying a wrestler, as a wrestling fan that loves professional wrestling, this match speaks volumes, especially with Harley Race being who he was at the time. You know, just a, a, a brute of a human being, a brute of a man. Um showing his class, showing his prestige, holding that beautiful championship, uh, going toe-to-toe with Ric Flair. Uh, what what a match. Okay, so you wouldn't have been there live, uh, and you would have seen it live. So can you remember the first time that you saw it, Kerry? So I, I watched this match. Uh, mind you, I, I went up and down the independent scene with my father, growing up as a little boy, sitting in the back seat with my DVR player, uh, watching – WWE time and time again, all the pay-per-views from 2003 is my favorite, my favorite pay-per-view year for WWE back in that range. I was born in 01. So, you know, as I, as I grew older, I, I started to cherish this more. Um, and then I heard about this match multiple times, especially going to these wrestling conventions and these legends conventions uh, in the Carolinas and seeing these legends as a young boy and then not necessarily understand what they did. And uh, obviously I'm Ricky's boy, you know, I'm Morton Jr., so with that being said, are you? <laughs> I'm jo- I won't do that for the whole show. I promise. Okay, I'm, I'm Morton Junior to these guys. What? It's, uh... <laughs> You're so it's, 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 it, it's a beautiful story. Have you have you watched the match by chance? I have indeed. It's 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 incredible. One of the if it's if I'm right in thinking it's one of the very rare times that Ric Flair comes off the top rope and lands it. <laughs> it was you know it was Starcade. It, it was the big Starcade at the time. And they wasted no time going in with having those two guys. I believe when I was thinking it was the headline of Starcade 83. Yes, it um, was. And just just gorgeous, gorgeous storytelling. Um, if you're a professional wrestler that really, uh, for me, for instance, I really, really enjoy B 
being a storyteller, professional wrestler. I love getting hit. I love getting, you know, punched and kicking and, and beating the hell out of my opponents. But at the end of the day, I want the fans to value something a little bit different. And being a young gun, 22 years young, I want them to value that, man, that Kerry Morton stepped in the wrestling ring and he gave me my money's worth and he gave me a story and something I could follow easily. And uh, that's what these guys, they, they went toe to toe and beat the living hell out of each other. And it was great to see. So your dad would have seen, so you were up and down the road with your dad and he was giving you DVDs and, and matches to watch. So this would have been one that Ricky would have gone, ER, ER lad, put that in, watch that. Yes, it, it took me a little, I had to mature a little in age. You know, obviously I was a Rey Mysterio fan and the Hardy Boys, uh, that was my boys growing up, especially I got to, I got to grow up during the original NXT period with like Justin Gabriel, PJ Black now, um, the, you know, the Nexus, you know, I was in the, in the living room floor putting up my action figures, enjoying this, this great, you know, at the time that now that I'm older, I'm like, hey, man, how, how cool was it that I got to, to watch all these guys on TV and now I get to wrestle them in the ring and beat the hell out of them. It's fantastic and beat them. You know, Carrie Morton doesn't do jobs to the NXT guy. So, I mean, <laughs> so be it. I, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> you've mentioned you've you've mentioned playing with action figures there and stuff like that so i'm keen to know i mean how and when did you realize how big a wrestling family you were part of you know i i think it was i was kind of born into it necessarily and to the point of going up and down the road with my father watch my father bust his ass every weekend on the independence to provide for my family and that's something i can i can never repay uh and i'm so thankful that you know he, he, we raised a big family uh there's there's eight of us children um i'm the youngest at 22 years young so raised a big family to say the least and seeing that and seeing how hard he worked really uh really motivated me and and you know every all my brothers and sisters didn't step into the professional wrestling industry and, and went into careers of their own which is you know my family is a very very entertainment driven family um when it comes to my brother writing, you know, really, really famous country music songs and my sister being a makeup artist for The Walking Dead and my other, you know, brothers and sisters doing, you know, the background work for all these concerts and big bands, really neat. So I'm an entertainment family. You know, me, I did professional theater before I stepped into professional wrestling. So um, I, I loved wrestling, but I had to step away from wrestling for quite some change to really appreciate how much I, I enjoyed wrestling now. Uh, you know, being on the road since I could remember with my father, with Roberts, with the legends, uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton, you know, Dennis Condry, Jim Cornette, being in the locker room with these guys all the time and not understanding how cool it was or how, you know, that my father was once this this rock star of a human being that I call dad, you know, and rock star to all these fans, especially in, in the North Carolinas and the Louisiana and Texas area. I mean, incredible. So it took me a while to really adjust to it. And now it's, uh, it's every day, you know, it's, it's really cool. It's a blessing that, you know, all these wrestling fans reach out to me and say, man, I follow your career because I followed your father's career and I love what you're doing and how you're painting your way. Uh, and you're not just another legend son, quote unquote, you're, you're wrestling and earning your spot and, and making a name for yourself. And that's something that uh, it's very appreciative. I really appreciate the wrestling fans for saying that sometime. The youngest of eight uh, and there's makeup artists, there's entertainers, there's singers, as writers, why do you think you were the only one that followed your dad's footsteps? You know, I, I think so because I spent the most time with my father. You know, my brothers and sisters, and I'm going to get a little sentimental here. Um, they didn't get the most time, at my, especially during the 80s uh, and 90s, as my father was on top of 
professional wrestling with WCW and NWA and leading into the little extent in WWF and Smoky Mountain Championship Wrestling. You know, he was on the road. And I'm not I'm not shitting you when I say this. He's on the road 300 and something days out of the 365 days of the year. I mean, he was always, always flowing. And it took a long time, especially with me uh, and, you know, my, my sister Kendall and kind of the slow down and really enjoy himself and, and enjoy himself and kind of step into that father shadow of, um, you know, kind of coaching us and, and watching us go to sports and play sports and being on the sidelines. It's something I, my oldest brothers and sisters didn't really get. Uh, and, and so um, there was that, there was that connection. And then I think he saw something, especially, uh, or I saw something, especially when I started getting into professional theater and I understood um theatrics and character work and posture and what to do and what not to do in certain instances. And I had great directors and great people to coach me into the role I needed to once be in. Um, so, you know, that, that was something that really took a liking to me. I, I loved, I loved wrestling. I, I kind of got burnt out for a little time. Uh, and then, you know, I had to go through all phases of this business to be eventually a part of this business. You know, I had to be a, a referee. I had to be a commentary. I had to be side manager. I had to, I had to be in the back. I had to work the cameras. I had to mop the floors, you know, sweep the ring, pull up the chairs, in which I still do. I still pay my dues. Um, but, you know, that's something that really made me appreciate. And, and now, you know, I got to give it to my father. It made me appreciate him making me enjoy professional wrestling because I had to enjoy every aspect and, or be a part of every aspect before I could step inside that squared circle. I'm intrigued to know about this theater. Uh, world that you entered um is there a particular show that you did in the theater world that, that you always look back on and smile about yeah most definitely i i think um the one that really comes to mind recently was my last shows before the pandemic kind of came you know and that was the uh i was under contract with the rocky horror picture show nice uh, right right fun show uh i was freshly 18 i got casted in the national tour the youngest on the tour. Um, quite frankly, I didn't think I would get the part. I, my, I had an agent at the time, and he's like, Carrie, I think you should audition for this. One of my contracts is coming towards an end. I just finished up, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I finished up High School Musical or or something like on a Disney tour. And then I I did all shook up a musical. I, I don't I don't remember exactly what I finished. Um, no, I do. I, I finished up Tom Sawyer. There was a world premiere of a new play of Tom Sawyer, if you're familiar with Huck Finn and Tom yeah, Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with Huck Finn. Yes. So I, I finished up the tour. I, I was the uh, lead Tom Sawyer in that. And then right when it kind of came to a halt, I was, you know, I was there. The Rocky Horror Picture Show was holding national auditions. And uh, I auditioned at my local equity theater. And somehow they called me back. And I went through weeks and weeks of auditions and and dance rehearsals and musical lessons and all this until I finally get casted and got to enjoy the three-week tour of Rocky Horror Picture Show. So who were you in Rocky Horror? I was Rocky. I was Rocky. Of course he was. I should have known when I saw the guns, of course, you were Rocky in the Rocky Rocky, baby. Rocky. I got to also to uh, Eddie, you know, Eddie was one of the parts to kind of the meatloaf in the original show. I got to play Eddie for a few nights too. I was so young and it, I didn't look anything like the original meatloaf, so to speak. But, uh, <laughs> opportunity blessed my soul. I loved it. <laughs> Amazing. Is that something you go back and do again? Obviously wrestling's taken front and center right now, but is that an itch that you'd want to scratch again? 
I, I would hope so. I recently came across too, and funny story that you mentioned that. Uh, this morning, I get a phone call. Uh, early in the morning, I wake up. You know, I wake up early anyhow. I get a phone call, and and this director that I used to work with professionally said, like, "Hey, Carrie, you know, I follow you on social media. I know you're doing really well in wrestling, but would you be interested in coming to audition for uh, a national tour again here in the foreseeable future?" And I haven't done theater, quite frankly, in three and a half years. I haven't taken a vocal lesson or an acting lesson since then. So it's been some change, but uh, it's cool to kind of get be on the be on the radar for someone that you haven't been a part of in quite some change. When there's so many talented people in the theater industry, uh, in the musical theater industry especially, there's so many people that go to school and get themselves educated in this particular field, and someone that didn't have that necessarily kind of get asked to come do some stuff. So uh, unfortunately, I am contracted with the National Wrestling Alliance until. Uh, well, I'm not unfortunate. I'm very pleased to be contracted by the National. No, we, oh, I don't, you man. I don't, you don't worry. We're, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to read you for that. It's fine. We please, get it. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very pleased. Harry Morton be- hates NWF. No. <laughs> That's not the film. <laughs> it a lot of money to stay in the I need, to me- I need to message. I need to message our, our website team. Right, got an article for the morning. Kerry Morton hates the NWF. Oh shit! I'll get a call from Billy too. <laughs> We are. Now we, no, we you place. love you love the fact that you're there. I know you signed with them last year, didn't you, for eighteen months? Yeah, I signed for eighteen months. I got re-upped again. Uh, recently, we had ah, a conversation. brilliant. Yeah, they, they wanted me to stay for quite some change. I like it there too. Um, they value me as a wrestler, as they should. I'm the ticket seller. I'm the face of the National <laughs> Alliance. They should value me, um, but they do. They value me a lot. Billy really takes his time uh, and and loves creatively what I'm doing. He gives me a lot of freedom with my character and the Southern six. And so uh, it's a blessing. It's, it's much, definitely a blessing. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of their Pat Kenny, great talent relations, good, good office. You know, I can, I can rave on, but I'm not going to kiss anyone's ass anymore. I'm the face of the national wrestling Alliance. They like that. That's where the direction's going. So uh, I'm there until December 31st, 2025. Wow. That's, that is uh, as you would say, a good chunk of change that. <laughs> um, what led you into cheer? So, <laughs> quite frankly, it pays for my scholarship in college. <laughs> there you go. There you go. In a free education. Oh, I get almost a free education. Um, and listen, it's it's also, you know, I'm not listen, I'm gonna be a humble brag again. I, I'm I'm fortunate to say the least that I do get to cheerlead. Um had some injuries here in the past year with cheerleading. I broke my hand, uh, recovery over that. I've gotten a pretty severe concussion in cheerleading. So hopefully, you know, but it's okay. I'm cleared. I'm good as day. Um, so listen, cheerleading kicks my ass more than professional wrestling ever has. And I, I take an out <laughs> that wrestling ring too. I run my mouth a lot and uh, I expect to get hit pretty hard in which I do, but I'm telling you cheerleading has whooped my ass. Um, and, but you know, I like it. I, I like cheer. It's really helped me be diverse in wrestling. Um, whether it be coming to um, slamming my opponents or kind of being uh, versatile with my abilities of doing splits and doing backflips and whatever else I may choose to do in the wrestling ring. Um, so, you know what? I really, you know, and here's another thing too. AJ Styles, uh, a person that I look up to in professional wrestling, was also a cheerleader. And back when I saw him, this is multiple years ago when he was on his free agency before going to WWE. Uh, he he figured out that I was a cheerleader in a wrestling show, and he and he grabbed me inside and said, "Morton, come here in the locker room and really give me some advice." And really told me he stuck with it and go get your education. And that was the deal. If I wanted to wrestle, 
full time. You know, I had to go to college and at least get uh, a bachelor's degree in whatever field I may choose. So uh, that was kind of the deal. And, and cheerleading helps me pay for that education for it doesn't hurt my pockets in the long run. It hurt your head, though, because you said you got a concussion doing it at one point. How did you get a concussion doing cheerleading? I'm I'm intrigued to know what happened. I'm on a competitive squad. When you think of cheerleading, you usually think of people sitting on sidelines, waving and clapping. Oh, no, but the competitive stuff is is brutal. Brutal. Most of them brutal. I'm telling you, and, and we feel we have some uh, strong men on the team, including yourself, the strongest of them all, Carrie Wharton, and uh, cheap plug once more, always. <laughs> <laughs> you're great. You're great. I wanted to say, I think you're great. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> uh, our cheerleaders really high. Uh, we, you know, we we don't like to joke around. It. We have really talented cheerleaders, and, and they get thrown really high. With this one, we had a, a new recruit come in to uh, do a quote unquote, a tryout leading into the next semester. And uh, she talked a lot of smack, so to speak. You know, she had a big game, had a good posture, had some confidence going in there with us big, strong men and uh, got into a big basket stunt. There's three guys. We're all kind of gathered around. We throw her up. Usually a typical cheerleader will go about 15 to so feet in the air before we catch her. Uh, when we threw this girl up, we knew what we we're getting ourselves into. And we, we all threw extraordinarily hard. And uh, she went about 25 feet in the air, so to speak. And then she just flared. You know, as a cheerleader, you're supposed to hold your posture to come down for we can catch you and, and react. And she did not, unfortunately, do that. She got super high. Uh, you hear a big gasp in the air. You know, everything's happening so quickly. Uh, from what I recall, you know, we, we all kind of do. And the guys just not trying to tell on the guys necessarily, but the guys kind of proceeded we bell a little and then. Mm-hmm. Here's a little carry, you know, <laughs> it was the catcher and just you know, hits me right in the noggin. Hard, you know, really, really, really still. And just, you know, caught her, which was a blessing. Obviously she didn't hit the hard mat, but right then I knew I was rocked and I was like, Oh, I'm seeing stars. You know, it's kind of like the Looney Tunes. If you're watching Looney Tunes, mm. you know, when Tom and Jerry gets in, there, <laughs> that's kind of what, what went through my head. I was like, I'm seeing stars. I'm dazed. I don't know where I'm going. Um, they say so you just, see a flash as you get yeah. a concussion. Did you see a flash? Big flash, big flash. And it just so happened to be that, like, you know, I I, I, bro- I I injured my hand the day before, not realizing that I broke my hand. And then I get a concussion on top of that. Just like, and I go to practice the next day, just thinking my hand really hurts, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to also not say anything. Competition was coming up. I was going to compete in competition. So anyhow, just huge scenarios that happen. I have the worst of luck anyway. So that's how it usually goes. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, let's go somewhere a little bit safer. Let's go to wrestling. Let's go uh, back to wrestling. Let's go back to wrestling, brother. Uh, Harley Racer, Ric Flair was your first match for your desert island. What would you like your second one to be, Gary? Okay. I'm going to still paint the picture again. We're going back to 1983 once more. Okay. Jim Crockett Promotions. Um, excuse me. Yeah, it was Jim Crockett Promotions. I made a little note, too, because I wanted to, to rave about this match once more again. It's an old-fashioned dog-collar match. That's right. Against Roddy Piper and Greg the Hammer Valentine. A bloody, bloody mess. And these men held nothing back. I, I like... When I think of professional wrestling, and, and this is something when I execute professional wrestling, I have to think about, you know, Greg the Hammer Valentine and, and Roddy Piper with them, you know, with his theatrics and the way he would, you know, hold himself in the wrestling ring and his capabilities. And then seeing these two guys hold nothing back in a dog car match, taking the chain and quite frankly, hitting. I mean, that's a legit. You, I don't know if they make fake chains. You know, I wish they would because I wouldn't mind getting hit by a fake chain a few times. <laughs> but that's not the case. You know, my hands, my my faith is in my opponents uh, when kind of getting dwelled by that. But uh, these guys held nothing back, you know, busted eardrums and all. Uh, what a damn bout. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. So, as you know me, I'm an old soul. And uh, that, that match really touches me when I think of professional wrestling uh, and as a whole. Is there a moment from that match that when you're describing it, you can think of? That... Oh, yes. Yes. I, I can I can think when Greg Greg the Valen, Greg Hammer is is on a cell and he's on his knees. And I don't even think he's on a cell, quite frankly. I think he's just beat the living hell up. He you know, I could say another word there, but I'm trying to be a little moderate. <laughs> beat to all shreds, you know, is it, kind of coming to his own. And it kind of you see this, and this speaks volumes this this really does I, I i could write a book on just this this paragraph or this section of the professional wrestling match i could write a 500 page book on this but greg the you could see it in his eyes and the camera pan is so good this is 1983 mind you this is 40 years ago if i'm not mistaken 40 years ago from 2023 so uh, greg is on his knees and he's coming up and he's fighting back with roddy and roddy's you know and he's laying him in you can see this just Hard fists and all, boom, and he just, he has this momentum, and that crowd comes up with Greg DeValent, you know, Greg Hammer, uh, Valentine, excuse me, Greg Valentine, a little, listen, a little flabby acid still, I'm mean, stoked to be talking <laughs> about this match, and you just see it, you see it coming up, and Greg is making that little cheap comeback before Roddy Piper just breaks him right back down, and, and blood's flew, and, and the referee is into it, and the crowd is just raving, and that, I mean, I wish there was a time travel machine to go back and experience just, you know, just to be way up in the bleacher somewhere. You know, I wouldn't say a word. It wouldn't affect history at all. I would just want to see it in person once more. When we talk about wrestling, uh, I, I you're 22 now. I think my maths is correct. So you're 22. And you, you sort of alluded to it there. You have got a bit of a, and, and I think it's fantastic. You've got a bit of an older head on your shoulders. Uh, it seems in the it's certainly in the way that you talk and the way that and, and your and your points of reference. And I think it's a wonderful thing to have. There's so much passion for wrestling and you see it in what you do to watch a Kerry to watch a Kerry Morton match. It is it is to be transported again. And I think it's a testament to how much respect and that you have for that era. Uh, so, and do you find that 
you're you have an older head on your shoulder compared to when you work with other wrestlers in their 20s do you find there's a disparity there most definitely i, I do yeah. and i you know, feature my dog in the cameo excuse me yeah I, uh, I hello <laughs> <laughs> um you know and it's tough because i i am a I, I look at myself as a prestige wrestler not necessarily from legacy or anything but just the way i'm directed and how it's molded into who i am as carrie morton so i go to these promotions like game changer wrestling where they, they shit on wrestlers like me because I am better than them. And, and that's something they can never acknowledge as Kerry Morton comes up. That's a real professional wrestler. That's a real ass whooping. That's a real grappler. You know, I, I have an amateur wrestling background that I once state, you know, I, I have this, I'll, I'll, I have a legacy on top of that, but I also have this prestigious. Uh, and that's something that I, if you see a Kerry Morton match or you see the National Wrestling Alliance, that's why I fit into that mold. Because I don't believe in it's old school or it's new school. I just believe it's it's simply the right way. It's and, old. Uh, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you get what I'm saying at this point. And uh, I do. I, I sometimes have a hard time trying to uh, get the other wrestlers on the same page as I. But, you know, as I gotten older, especially in professional wrestling, you have to mature quickly and you have to have um, thick skin. You know, you're you're told a lot by raves and critics. And, you know, I, I would even go on to say that professional wrestling fans are some of the best and worst fans in all of sports uh, because they're so passionate. And that's something I, I love about professional wrestling fans is they are passionate and they are raving and they, they want to they're they want their opinions to be heard. That's that's another thing. So um, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I'm not everyone's cup of coffee, so to speak. And I'm OK with that. I know what. I value in professional wrestling. Uh, I know what I'm capable of doing, and that's running companies, being the face of companies, in which I am, and uh, and going to be in the foreseeable future. And, and I'm good at at structuring, you know, having that main event match. You know, I, I love I love things such as, uh, you know, watching Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and and you know, um, El Hero de Vikingo and, and like watching this creative creative instances in wrestling and it's something that i'm really good at basing but at the end of the day that's not me that's not what i do and so um yeah i think it is it's a little tough to time from time to time to kind of structure professional wrestling matches but once you hopefully get a good vision and have a good agent with your match and have good locker room leaders then uh it comes with time and, and that's something that i've learned to understand real quickly is it comes with time and kind of letting people understand your vision and it comes with showing your work uh, and that's something I you never go wrong with. I'll, I will show my work and I will prove my work until you finally kind of get behind it and say, all right, that's who Kerry Morton is. It's a great phrase that I was given many years ago that has stayed with me for a long time. I'll pass it on to you, Kerry. It's um, it's better to be somebody's shot of whiskey than everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, I love it. And that's and 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 I stand by that. And I'm like, yeah, you're not. And it's 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 and you've probably learned this as much as anybody. It's foolhardy to try and win everybody over because you won't you simply won't not everybody's gonna like you if the majority of the right people can like you then you're on to a winner and if then you know what no one not everybody will and that's fine it'd be it'd be boring if everybody liked the same thing it'd be boring yeah, you're exactly right and that's something that i had to learn quickly uh in my early career professional wrestling especially you know i really started full-time in wrestling during the pandemic um you know, I, I really kind of that's when I took off my contract ended with theater and I was kind of set set loose in the professional wrestling world. And that's something that I, it took me a moment to come to realization that not everyone is going to like you, uh, especially me for me. You know, people are going to say, oh, you're in the position you're in because of your father or because of your 
the people that you know or the people that your father knows. And uh, something that you kind of have to take a step back at. And you're like, all right, jealousy is going to eat this person's alive. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to do what I do best. And then at the end of the day, you know, uh, I, I don't have to I don't have to tell them how good I am or I don't have to explain to them why or, or or why I'm in this position. You know, I let that speak for itself. And that's something that it took me a while to adjust to. And you're right. So I love that saying that you just said. I'm going to write that down on a piece of paper in a little bit. Oh, please take it with you everywhere you go. That must have been um, that must have been a bit of a cold bath for you to start during the pandemic because you've grown up, you know, watching watching the Rock and Roll Express, watching your dad do his thing. You've you know, you've been captivated by by big matches at the Omni and at the Dome. And then all of a sudden you debut and it's like, oh, there's about three people here all wearing masks like was that was was that a difficult sort of first few steps into wrestling during the pandemic era yeah yeah most definitely too and you know i i come from the world of theatrics professional theater performing in front of lots and lots of people at these venues all over the country which was a blessing but uh sometimes it's more nerve-wracking to perform in front of 10 or 15 people compared to fifteen thousand people uh and, and ideally i'm telling you it's it's more nerve-wracking because um, it, it just the critics and the rave and you're seeing more people compared to the lights being in your face and they're being drowned. So it takes a lot of, you know, it, it took me a mo- moment to adjust, especially not really seeing or hearing uh, a ton in the wrestling ring. If I was doing well, you're not really hearing, you know, you're hearing some claps from time to time with social distances crowds, but, and some were cheering and some were saying stuff, but they all have masks on. So you're seeing from here on up, you know, and you're just trying, you're trying to get a, a good impression of the professional wrestling fans, especially during this time. So yeah, it, it was tough to say the least, but uh, I, I wouldn't change it. Now that I go back, I wouldn't change it at all because I really uh, learned during that time with uh, great locker room leaders and great um, talent, you know, on these, especially independent talent that was hot during that time and still continue to be hot uh, with Epi. And, you know, I'll even shout out Joey Janela and these guys kind of like, Hey man, like come over here. We'll, we'll show you a couple things about independence. And then, watching these guys and as I grow up now, it's really, you know, a big shout out to them. So Nick Aldis is one of those two that kind of grabbed me under his wing real quickly and said, Carrie, you know, you're, you're different. I like that. Uh, and during the pandemic and he was like, Hey, you know, this is things that you need to adjust to quickly uh, to, in order to get better and move up the ladder quickly in this professional wrestling industry. So, you know, I, I can never, I can never really replace that, that value necessarily. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. I mean, you, the one thing that you've said in, in interviews prior is that, you and, and I think it's absolutely the right way to be. You want to to bend the ear of any legends, icons of the scene, and drink from that, that you know, sit under that learning tree. You you know, Austin Idol at NWA. Like, why wouldn't you pick that brain when he's when he's on these air every week? And you mentioned Nick Aldis there. I had him mentioned here to 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 bring up you know new SmackDown general manager, which is uh, you know you buzzing to see somebody do do well in his field as he was you know nw world champion now on smackdown every week he gave you some great advice i know that much uh, is there other bits of advice that nick gave you that stayed with you yeah most definitely too um and, and this is something i can i'm gonna i'm gonna chant on to to billy as well is um nick really showed me how to carry myself as a professional wrestler as an individual uh, in the in the field of professional wrestling you know um Listen, I, I'm one that owns tailored suits. I, I own the nice watches. But I don't think at the end of the day that's Kerry Morton and that's who I'm going to be. And uh, he kind of saw that early. And he's like, hey, listen, you need to learn to be yourself uh, and show yourself. And that's something that, like, you know, you you hear it from ear to ear and you hear it from time to time. And 
you know, it comes into conversation. But when someone that you look up to, such as Nick Aldis, is like, hey, you know, I think you need to be yourself a little bit more and embrace that. And that's what's going to, you know, I love the way that you structure your matches. And that's that's a huge compliment. And especially at such a young age and having someone that I watched on the first two episodes, the first two seasons of NBA Power We that and uh, really, really neat. And that's something that Billy kind of added to. He's like, man, listen, like Nick gave you some great advice, like take it and, and move with that. And that's something like, you know, I rave about Billy Corgan is what a good boss he is of kind of listening to the locker room, listening to the talent and listening to the fans uh, of kind of ideally giving them what they want. And, um, you know, that that's something I'm, I'm very, I can continue to go on and, you know, but I'm not trying to kiss ass anymore necessarily, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, Nick gave me some really good advice uh, alongside with Tom Latimer in the locker room too. Tom really helped me kind of structure, you know, TV matches. Uh, Mike Bennett, you know, that's another guy that I got the chance to work on early in my career and uh, great advice from him. And then the legends, I, uh, as you know, and I'll proudly say this too, I am, I am raved on by some of the legends in this professional wrestling industry and what a blessing it is, you know, getting to work with Ric Flair, getting to work with Brett, the Hitman Hart, um, you know, Greg, the Hammer Valentine, Brutus Beefcake, for instance, that we just had a conversation with Austin Idol, Dr. Tom Pritchard, um, you know, having Jim Cornette, you know, those guys saying they endorse Kerry Wharton, that's only uh, boosted my career more. So very proud to have those guys on my side. And I could go on to mention a few, but that's the ones that really come to mind at the moment. Um, you have like the you have the ear of some of the greatest in wrestling who will always vouch for you, and in some cases, as Brutus Beefcake did, sort you out of wrestling gigs. Uh, you are signed with one of the uh, oldest and most respected wrestling companies on the planet in the National Wrestling Alliance until 2025. Uh, before that, uh, you we you'd spoken about having uh, interest from WWE and AEW, which you uh, very rightly rebuffed in the favor of throwing yourself into education and getting that grounding before you do anything else. The world of wrestling seems to be on your horizon. So my question, Carrie, is how do you keep your feet on the ground? Wow, it's a good question. How do I keep my feet on the ground? Because for somebody is your age, and, and I think because you've got that older head on your shoulders, I think it helps. But you hear stories of people in their like early 20s who get the world offered to them on a stick, and it's like the madness of King George, and they just... They, they, they lose it all in a heartbeat through silly mistakes and the wrong sort of conversations. And I'm just curious how, how you keep yourself grounded with all of this happening around you and all this world splayed out before you. You know, I, I, uh, I think about it. I always try to continue to humble myself. Um, although I'm, I'm humbled by my peers, um, to humble myself as an individual, especially being put in these, these unique positions and these big positions and not taking it for granted, you know, tomorrow my wrestling career could be over. I could be, you know, a free agent. I could be out in the scene uh, and kick to the curb, the curb necessarily. So, you know, I, I try to always take in, okay, this is what I'm doing now. This is what I'm grateful for now. And this is what I want to work towards next. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when I started out the professional wrestling career, I had a few goals in mind. And, and one of those was being, you know, trying to be the 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 generation next, you know, trying to be the face of what's coming up. Uh, maybe not now, but what's coming up in the foreseeable future. And that was kind of the idea when I started out, you know, full-time uh, back in 2019, right before the pandemic kind of hit, excuse me, 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Um, that was kind of one of the side goals. And I, I feel like I'm doing that as of right now, I'm continuing to humble myself, continuing to 
go to practice, staying in the gym, um, you know, doing, you know, keeping respected with among my peers and, and respected by the fans. Um, because without the fans, you know, wrestlers would not be who we are. And that's something I, I'll always be gracious of, although I might tell them to shut up and kiss my ass from time to time. <laughs> I, uh, it's what it really what uh, it's what motivates me to be better, especially, you know, my family and, and seeing how hard my my father struggled um, to provide for this family. And now it's, I want to be in the position one day to say, you know what, I, I don't you don't have to struggle anymore. You know, you can, you can sit back and, and enjoy this retirement and, and put your boots on the shelf and which is coming to conversation recently. Um, but anyhow, it's just put your boots on the shelf. You know, you don't have to, to, to go bust your ass anymore, you know, uh, and just having a good family, a good motivation behind me. You know, that's kind of the, the ground. I'm a big family man. I, um, so I, I can, I could go on to talk about it still, but I think at the end of the day is to humble myself and, uh, have, have a good supportive system behind you. I didn't know your dad was a wrestler. I wish somebody had mentioned it. <laughs> That's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it, man. I'm there. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk NWA Sowin in just a moment. Uh, I want to talk about, because you've got a very interesting proposition for NWA Sowin, uh, which is next weekend. Um, your third and final match, though. Let's do this. So we've had two bangers from the early 80s. Are we staying in 1983 for our third one, Kerry? We are not staying in 1983. We're going to move. Three years up the road. Oh. Three years up the road. <laughs> I uh, listen. I, I gotta mention it, and he is my father. And I'm kind of trying. Uh, well, there's two matches that I had a hard time choosing right during this time, and uh, I noted this down as well. And one of them comes to mind. Okay, and this is probably going to be my pick. 1986, the Rock and Roll Express, the Pink and Black Tights versus the Andersons in a steel cage match. Um, watching my old man rock and roll, Ricky Morton, alongside his best friend, my uncle Hoot, Robert Gibson, take an ass whooping unlike any other from <laughs> Minnesota Wrecking Crew, the Andersons, you know, Ole and Arn, and uh, watching them have a bloodbath. If you haven't took to notice, I kind of enjoy some of those bloodbaths. Mm-hmm. And then making a comeback and, and really showing, you know, how – tag team wrestling is going to be developed for the future. As, as I go back and I'm, I'm mature and I'm older and I watch wrestling and I'm like, wow, you guys really are, you know, the, the pioneers of tag team wrestling for what's to come from decades on. And uh, so I really appreciated that one. And then, you know, I, I always, I go on to mention a few others too. Uh, there's another one that came to mind too was WCW 1995, Eddie Guerrero versus Shingiro Otani, if I'm pronouncing Otani, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a match. WCW 1985, TV match to say the least. Um, that's another one that came to mind too. Just a breathtaking uh division and, and those guys doing what they do best, and that's professional wrestling. So listen, if I'm going with the Andersons and Rock and Roll is my number one, but Eddie that, Guerrero up there too. An honorable mention, an honorable oh, mention. Man. Uh, your your dad has said on interviews in the past, like your your dad was sort of the perennial babyface of whichever territory he was rocking and or rolling in. And you're going through, like we've talked about, you've talked about this briefly. You're going through a sort of a heel phase at the moment. Uh, how are you how are you finding that? Knowing that, like the the legacy is of just like the ultimate good guy, and you're working to be the ultimate bad guy. <laughs> You got to step out of your father's shadows. I've been told that mm-hmm. multiple times, and that's something that I, I took with uh, pride. And uh, don't get me wrong, 
I love the fans. I do. And it's not me being a, a quote unquote bad guy or heel towards the fans. It's just Carrie Morton being Carrie Morton turned up a little. Um, whether, you know, whether I run my mouth, which I'm good at because I can back it up in the squared circle or, you know, I can, I, I, I call out certain individuals and I'll call out on their bullshit and what they're talking about because quite frankly, no one else is going to, and I'm the guy to do that. And so, um, I'm having a good time. You know, sometimes you have to cave in uh, a win is a win at the end of the day. And that's how I look at it. A win is a win. The referee didn't see anything. Then I did my job damn well. And, uh, <laughs> and listen, I, I've been caught in, in, in numerous times and not filling in people and certain individuals and being caught in a dilemma, but I'm enjoying myself. I, I'm with the Southern six, you know, Cyrus Mason, uh, my, my bam, bam, uh, big AT Alex Taylor, you know, a smaller individual that, that makes up this magnificent squad and the, the trio of the national wrestling Alliance, Southern six. Uh, we're having a good time. We're partying, you know, we, we, I would say I'm a good Christian boy, so I don't really partake in a lot of those activities that they do, but we're having fun. I get to share a few brewskis. I uh, have a good time with the boys. You know, we, we roll together. We, we, we stick together. Same with my father. You know, we have that tight bond. And um, that's something that I, I, I love. You know, when I mentioned to him, I was like, hey, listen, you know, especially leading into the Crockett Cup of a couple months ago, we wanted to win the Crockett Cup and we're willing to do whatever it takes to win. And so uh, I think I get this misconception because I go to these independent shows and I go to these shows all over the world, quite frankly, and they want to boo me because maybe I'm better looking than them or I'm more handsome than them or I can out wrestle their favorites on their independent shows or I'll tell them how it is or maybe I'll smack that drink out of that little girl's hand. I don't know. Maybe she shouldn't be drinking soda. That's all I got to look at it. Yeah, so, fat, fat. Yeah, you know, so that's. I think I get this misconception of that guy. He he deserves to get booed. And some shows, you know, and I like to maybe pat myself on the back as I can I can flip the script real quickly. And, you know, if something needs to come and I listen to the crowd in which I'm always told in professional wrestling to listen to that audience, listen to what they have to say. You can hear them if you really pay attention and pay attention to the details. Uh, shout out to Austin Idol right there and Tom Pritchard. But anyhow, listen to those great fans and uh, – I, I can pat myself on the back if I need to, if I need to flip the script, if I want them to cheer for me or get them behind me and get that momentum, then I think I can do that necessarily. And uh, my father's right there with me. You know, he's kind of, he's gave me the, the passageway and he's like, listen, you make the decisions and I'm, I'm going to just roll with you. You spoke in an interview recently. I mean, obviously uh, you and the Southern Six are, uh, are tight at the moment and, you know, and there's, there's a great partnership and a kinship with you guys, but you did speak recently about the, the idea, the pipe dream of you winning your first NWA World Tag Team title along with your father's 10th. Yes. Is yes. that still something on the cards that you'd like Most to Most definitely, Tom. Most definitely it's still on the cards. Um, you know, make make that number even. Uh, at the end of the day, 10-time NWA World Tag Team Champions, 67 years of age. Um it's, it's kind of hard, especially for a wrestling fan, I can understand it's kind of hard to wrap the idea of having a 67-year-old man as, as, a, as a world tag team champion. But if you have the opportunity to watch my father uh, and the fans have the opportunity to watch my father, you can see that he still delivers. He can still take an ass whooping. He can still get up there and, and whoop some ass. And that's something that I admire. And when he doesn't have to, I should say too, he doesn't have to step in that wrestling ring anymore. He, he has done what he had to do. Uh, he continues to want to help young tag team wrestlers and professional wrestlers excel in this business. So, uh, you know, how cool would it be? I think, if I'm not mistaken, to be the first father and son uh, NWA World Tag Team Champion. So edge that in the history books. 
and then just you know to kind of even out that career you know have you know from years to come for i can tell my nieces and nephews and and so on that hey your uncle got to uh to share the 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 ring with your grandfather and and watch them you know watch him be a 10 time and to be a world tag team champion so yes still in the cards most definitely you know um Alex Taylor and I are a tag team as well in the Southern Six. We kind of have the free bird rule where it could be Silas and Carrie or Silas and Alex. Um, Alex and Carrie, you know, whatever. Carrie and Silas, it, it, it's free bird rule. We can do whatever we please kind of. He's the NWA national champion. Um, I, I don't feel comfortable. I feel emptied without a championship because I am the champ. And so uh, I'm the champ. That That's me. You know, when you think of Kerry Morton, you think of belts. And so I feel a little emptied right now. I'm looking for that void. I might have to come to your local independence, Tom, and beat your next champion. That's that's where I'm at with it right now, okay? I, you know, I tell the local promoter that Kerry Morton's coming in and beating the champion because we if, don't do If Kerry Morton wants to come to North Wrestling in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, then, sir, we'll roll out the red carpet. It'll be great to roll see Roll out you. the red carpet because, listen, <laughs> man, I'm ready to roll, baby. I'm ready to be the champion. I'm ready to, uh, to eat some of the good food over that way and then hold the championship come back to the states and defend it a few times because carrie doesn't do jobs wherever that promotion may be so there, there's that there's <laughs> nice do you know what before we get into your match with this with the southern six let's have a little bit of fun with this because when we talk about father son tag teams and father son father and son both active at the same time the the the, the names that spring to mind away from the mortons is the Mysterios, Rey Mysterio and uh, Dominic Mysterio, who is uh, who is cast out his father from his life. Uh, your thoughts on watching Rey and Dirty Dom, knowing the relationship that you have with your dad? What's what does Kerry Morton make a Dirty Dominic Mysterio? Tough to to be relatable for me. For instance, I have a great relationship with my father. My father is my my best friend, my right hand man. Um, and you know, conversations come up a few times. Hey, would you like to wrestle your father one day? And quite frankly, I don't think I would, just because of. I mean, you know, and if if time comes, if he decides to go in the and step in front of the championship reign that I'm going after, then maybe that old man needs an ass whooping. But as of right now, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm. It's it's kind of tough to be relatable. I understand. You know, Dirty Dom is is making an edge for himself. You know, I would even go on to say to be the extent of the biggest heel in the WWE. Um, which is hard to achieve at such a young age and what he has done. And that's something that I, I'm rooting right there beside him. Um, it, it's cool to see at the end of the day. And, and it's cool to see Rey Mysterio still going out there and delivering these magnificent TV matches. Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy for one another. I'm happy that they get to share the road together. And hopefully Dom um, is is appreciative of his time with his father. I, I, I can only imagine that they have a good relationship. So uh, I, I wish them I wish them the best. I wish uh, Rey Mysterio. I think if I'm not mistaken, is he the current United States champion? Or he is I... indeed. Logan Paul's been calling him out. So wow, yeah. Logan Paul, he'll take an ass whooping too. I'll step in the ring with Logan Paul and probably <laughs> beat his ass too. But no, I, I you know I what? See. I wish Logan Paul the best. But I think Rey Mysterio uh, is as he's winding down his career just as much as my father is. He's really starting to enjoy the time of watching his son in the wrestling ring do his thing, going out there and getting that reaction. You know, at the end of the day. Whether wrestling, you know, provides the bills for me um, and, you know, pays the bills, uh, gives me fulfillment. At the end of the day, when I, I step outside of that wrestling ring and I, and I look into the audience and I always try to at every match, whether it's a win or lose, and I peer back at the audience, if I can see them in the moment, you know, whether they're enjoying it and, and they don't have this device right here on top of their phone and they're in the moment, which is very hard to do in 2023, is to get an individual of a, or a crowd in the moment without paying attention to this. And 
takeaway and whether it be a smile or a boo or one of these i've gotten multiple of these here recently <laughs> and a lot of these actually here recently but whether it be that is it brings joy to me and i, I can only hope that that's the same for dom and ray and uh it brings joy to them nice uh, nwa sawin is coming up next weekend uh you and alex taylor from the southern six have quite the quite the handful you're facing the headbangers who are back my days so they're, they're it was announced last week that marsh and thrasher are returning as part of the nwa and uh, you're lined up to face them now you were born long after the attitude era went uh it is gone by the time you arrived uh memories of the headbangers or have you have, they, have you crossed paths before is this a first time for Kerry morton well we, we have crossed paths i saw them back in august in the carolina charlotte north carolina at the gathering it's a huge wrestling convention full of all kinds of legends and I saw them, and, and, and you know what? Something, something just kind of, it kind of pinched the wrong nerve with me. I watched them in the wrestling ring, and they went out there, and they're two badass men. I will give them credit where credit's due. They may be older men at this time, but they're still badass individuals. Strong, left a lot of weights. I saw them in that back exercise and warming up for the match, and I was like, these two are, are nothing to mess with. And, you know, they, they mentioned something, and, and word gets around that uh, – and they, they they saw me and said, Kerry, we like what you're doing in the NWA. And I said, I know you do. I know you like what I'm doing. <laughs> and, you know, I guess they didn't take a liking to that of my response. Anyways, time goes on. And uh, this open challenge kind of gets thrown out. And usually an open challenge is the day of the pay-per-view. But I just so happened to uh, give a text message to Billy Corgan, Pat Kenny of Talent Relations. And I said, who the hell you have me facing? Quote, unquote, that's exactly what I said. Who the hell are we facing? And Pat didn't necessarily like the response, nor Billy, which I can respect now that I look back at it. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the the conversation comes up and said, you guys might not like it. You guys might like it. I don't know. And we said, okay, whatever. Like, we'll take on anything. And this is being, this is us. This is our mentality. This is how we look at life. I am 5'11", you know, 215 pounds, AT, you know, big, strong heavyweight. You know, I think he's a little bit shorter than me, still stud as ever, but that's our mentality. We're ready to take on whatever's thrown our way. And the headbangers so happen to accept this challenge. It's cool. These old men want to step in the ring with the hottest thing that's going in professional wrestling right now, especially in the National Wrestling Alliance. I can't blame them. If I were in their shoes, I would want to do the same. So uh, it's going to be a good time. I, I think so. It's a rock and roll tag team match. That's nice. Rock it. What the hell does rock and roll tag team match mean? <laughs> <laughs> does it involve rock and or roll, but not necessarily have, in that order? I have no clue. I can only imagine we're in Cleveland, Ohio. And that's where the NWA Salon pay-per-view is going to be. If you're familiar with the States, that is where the rock and roll hall of fame is at and the rock and roll hall of fame. So yeah, Billy has lots of friends in the rock and roll industry. I have numerous friends in the rock and roll industry. My father, in which I call rock and roll, Ricky Morton has lots of friends in the rock and roll industry. So who may show out? I do not know. But uh, all I know at the end of the day is the headbangers are going to take an ass whooping from this little stud of a human being. And uh, <laughs> my, my good friend, AT, and uh, NWA Salon. I hope the, the fans, if I if I haven't sold it already enough, I hope the fans go out and purchase uh, a pay-per-view, you know, support the NWA and what the future is to come. If you heard, I saw a couple of things speculating online, wink, wink, about some uh, future things of the National Wrestling Alliance, in which I have no comments, but uh, mm-hmm. I can say that some cool things are coming and are on the horizon. So this is the time to jump on that bandwagon uh, from those fans that haven't been watching the National Wrestling Alliance, jump on that bandwagon and come 
come and uh, join the action. Listen, at the end of the day, Tom, and I can go on and I can talk and I can I can ring your ear some more. But when there's more wrestling, there's more competition. And when there's more competition, you excel in the professional wrestling industry. There might be some ups and downs, but it's it's all good in the name for the boys and the gals and the non-binaries in the locker room that we're getting a nice payday and there's more wrestling for the wrestling fans to enjoy. And uh, I, I just hope at the end of the day, that's what they can take away is, wow, we have AEW on this night. We have WWE on this night. We have impact wrestling, new Japan on certain networks in the States. And now we, you know, we have more wrestling, whether it be in the national wrestling Alliance, uh, which we're on YouTube right now. So there's that, you know, to, to each its own. But I, uh, at the end of the day, where I'm getting at is headbangers. You're going to take a lovely ass whooping from this gorgeous young man that's 22 years young and some fresh new wrestling gear with some nice, nice new boots uh, coming out to uh, show up and show out. It's what I usually always do. You can watch said ass whooping on October 28th at Cleveland Masonic in Cleveland, Ohio. It's NWA Sowin. Uh, Kerry, this has been a treat. Spent an hour properly getting to know you. I was always keen to do this one because it's like, we obviously we hear so much about the family connection, but I don't hear enough about you. And I like to think that we've walked away from this knowing Carrie Morton a little better. Genuinely, I thank you. I appreciate your time today. And uh, when you come to the States, I will make sure to comp all the tickets as you ever want for the National Wrestling. Oh, yeah. I, do you know what? It saves me asking. So the- <laughs> thank you for asking. Listen, here's another thing, too. I got to mention it while I'm on the air. All the NWA shows that we have coming up in the foreseeable future are sold out. So yes, come on. So more more rave to come, but uh, I will make sure that if you ever decide to come over this way, you will always have a ticket. Carrie Morton's on the car. That's for sure. You are a scholar and a gentleman. Where can people keep up to date with what you're up to, Gary? Find me on social media. That's right, Instagram at Real Carrie Morton. The same for Twitter X, I should say, Real Carrie Morton. Facebook, go to the like page. It's a simple like Carrie Morton. That's where I usually am active with posting my presentable shows in the near future. Listen, support professional wrestling. That's all. At the end of the day, that's where I can get at. Before, support us independent, you know, or, or professional wrestlers in general. A follow, a like, a retweet means the world uh, to wrestling fans and especially for getting the word out. So if you guys get the opportunity, the least thing you could do is like, share, comment. Uh, that makes a lot for us wrestlers and our future and where we're going. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 